0: And we're back with our review of the sixth
1: Hillary thing. Duff nudes.
0: What? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Let's talk after the podcast. But back to the back to the intro. Uh, we're here with the sixth and final season of The Expanse, and uh, the creators would describe that final season as the following: the solar Hillary system. Duff removes her clothes slowly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Put on your big Hollywood sunglasses, and light the torch, because it's cellar time.
0: Welcome to the Crack Cellar, as the prophecy was once prophesized. In a truck stop bathroom, I'm two spirit penguin Daniel,
1: and I'm the master of all casters,
0: broadcaster Nichols. And today, broadcaster, we have some hot hexen news. Are you ready? Are you ready, broadcaster?
1: I'm hot for all hexen news.
0: <laughs> so, uh our boy, Phil Specter, is that his name?
1: Spectre. I bet you he wishes his name. Sounds like a fucking mercenary name. (laughs) I was going to say, it sounds like a
0: (laughs) a James Bond villain or something. Uh, Spencer. Yeah, he, he, I mean, not him, but, uh, you know, his uh, company, Microsoft, has purchased Activision Blizzard from Vivendi, whatever that French oligarch company is. They sold it. They sold Blizzard off like a fucking damaged goods, man, like like a streetwalker past her Probably because
1: they were running it into the ground.
0: <laughs> and, I've never uh, seen
1: such a huge corporation, like, lose grace in such a short period of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, Call of Duty went from, like, the biggest moneymaker ever to, like, one of the most... Criticized Dude. games that exist today, like the criticism wow, about Call of Duty, Diablo,
1: is Call of Duty, yeah. all like zero fucking hero to zeros.
0: <laughs> yeah, the last like well uh reviewed game that Blizzard released was Overwatch in like 2012 or whenever the fuck Overwatch came out. It's been a while, but the real interesting thing about this whole deal, broadcaster, is. You know, our, our our boy Phil Spector, as I like to think of him now, uh, went on the media rounds, and started doing interviews. And he did an interview with Washington Post, of all people. And they were just, you know, having a casual conversation and just like sort of unprovoked. He just comes out and he's like, yeah, I'll we're to make a billion dollar IP. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I mean, I don't give a fuck about Call of Duty. I'm, I'm more about like, you know, Spyro the Dragon and Hexen. And I'm like, what? What just happened? Yeah,
1: that's what's up. Well, the guy has kids, dude. He knows what's up. He's just like, fuck this Call of Duty pussy shit. These guys are ready for some hexing, bro. Or is it Skylander? And
0: dude, think about...
1: Know. Dude, and I honestly, both those games resonate with me. Seeing, like, a modern-day take on Spyro the Dragon. Not some, like, lazy half-ass, like, double-A take on it, but... Like a real, like, true to form, like, hyped as you were for the original release back in the PlayStation days, you know? Like, see something like that. That'd be dope. Just saying.
0: It's been a long time since I've heard the words Hexen uttered in public. This was no fluke. (laughs) This man oh, knows Hexen like he did. This wasn't like, "Hey, secretary, go you know find some like games that they used to make a couple years ago, so I can say we're gonna bring all these." Big no, dude, Hexen is such a deep, deep, deep cut. That I mean, it's not that
1: deep of a cut. I mean, it's I the mean, if you Hexen an old game came out in like game. Yeah, but I mean, like, I was born in 90, and Hexton's a huge part of, (laughs) of like, my childhood. So, I mean, like, people. I think if you're even remotely a PC gamer at all from the 90s, you know about Hexen. Because it was one of the few really good games that any computer could handle, almost, when you were a kid in the 90s on a PC. Because PCs were like, I mean, you know. Like, if you didn't have a couple thousand bucks, you didn't, like, really have much going on in the early 90s (laughs) Mm. or even in the late 90s (laughs) i mean gateway started coming hp and gateway came around and you could i mean what was that gateway you had in pinedale that was Uh, like
0: that was a pentium 2 266 with mmx technology broadcaster (laughs) Nichols. yeah and how much did that cost God, it was like I think that computer was like twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So <laughs> it's, it's expensive. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, even like, I mean, that's more expensive than buying a pre built with a thirty eighty in it today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's ludicrous.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it, there is kind of a horseshoe effect going on with computers because they started really expensive, then they got cheap over time, and now they're becoming expensive again. It's interesting. Yeah,
1: for expensive for two different reasons. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, uh, man, I, I just got to say, like, I'm so psyched about this deal now only because of that one interview where he just throws Hexton out there. Because how, how many times have me and you talked about God, don't we wish. Hexen would make a comeback. Like, why aren't? We literally were
1: talking about it a week before this (laughs) news drop, and it makes me feel like we live in a simulation because we were both like, I was like, dude, I forget what I said. I said something about Hexen, and you were like, dude, Hexen, and I was like, what if they just. Like, would the world be able to handle Hex and drop? And then fucking Phil Spector over here. Yeah. Selfie Twitter drop. He's just like, Hexen's the shit. I just bought Activision.
0: (laughs) What? My first day in office, we're making another Hexen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm fucking psyched now for this deal because it seems like uh, Microsoft isn't like we're just going to do status quo and you know, whatever they were doing before. It seems like they're going to be like, nah, we're going in a new direction. Uh, you, you remember uh, killing uh, zombies and skeletons with a uh, black magic on a fucking 13 inch. 256 color display motherfucker (laughs)
1: dude it's still one of the most iconic fps views of all time seeing one hand just like burning with a magic and the other hand with like a sword with Mm -hmm. blood on it and you're just like oh shit (laughs) yeah i'm about to do damage
0: (laughs) yeah and uh i think we talked about this before but i'm pretty sure that uh one of the primary influences of destiny was hexen
1: no doubt no doubt
0: so maybe maybe this new Hexen will be a Destiny competitor, but like more of a horror-based version. I mean, fuck, dude. How sick does that sound? Yeah, I mean,
1: it could go both ways, to be honest. I'd like it either way. It could be like mm-hmm. an indie-style game, you know, lower budget, more true to form, or it could be like a totally modern-day take on it, you know, like that competes with AAA games, I guess, you know, if, if that's the way you want to put it. Yeah. But, I mean, the only... The only reason I just don't want to even think about that type of shit is with modern-day anything comes modern-day failures and, and features, you know, like monetization and... I mean, just think about the <laughs> battle idea... Battle it, passes. It's hard, it's just, exactly. It already nauseates me right now thinking about, like, how are they going to put a
0: battle pass into Hexen? Like, what, <laughs> you know, it's like, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, w- what do you think, uh... What what's the most out there franchise you can think of that they might bring back other than Hexen? Because it seems like that's gonna be their thing, is they're just gonna dig into the vault and find some like classics from back in the day. Do you got any ideas of what else they might pull out?
1: Brave Fensu Musashi. <laughs> <laughs> um to the yeah. uh I don't think they really have like a really deep I think the deepest they'll go back probably is StarCraft and Warcraft RTS's. I'm sure they'll probably well, it's kick interesting those you back say that up, because uh,
0: when the reveal first happened, the when they showed like all of the franchises on their little banner when they announced the purchase, obviously they didn't have a ro- they didn't have room for everything, but they conspicuously chose StarCraft as one of the emblems on that limited banner to show, yeah. so to I think you might be right about StarCraft. I think uh, we might be seeing StarCraft three soon now.
1: Yeah, well, I well, StarCraft the brand just has huge esports potential, and that's a it's a really big growing sector in the gaming industry. Yeah, that Activision Blizzard did not take advantage of at all. So mm-hmm. Microsoft being. I assume, a lot smarter of a company. I think that's going to be their angle, particularly with StarCraft. Yeah. Because StarCraft's already been... I mean, it's had its time to shine as an RTS again in somewhat new generation tech, even though it's like 10-plus years ago now. But still, I think WarCraft and... um, What was the other one I was thinking of? Uh, WarCraft and... Dang it! Starcraft. No, there's another game I was thinking of that. Uh, of oh, Diablo! Well, Diablo. That's interesting. Now, now, now that I'm really thinking about it, well, I know, wonder. Bobby
0: Kotick blamed the. Same... Did you see the Bobby Kotick interview that he did? <laughs> no dude he did i forget where he did the interview but he did some interview like two days after the sale and he's like yeah you know i had to sell the company because diablo 4 got delayed it's you know like he just started blaming blizzard basically saying oh it's it's you know diablo 4 you know it's just not going to come out soon enough so i had to sell it was like one of the weirdest like fucking explanations for a 70 billion dollar sale i've ever heard in my life they totally just pinned it on blizzard or Bobby Kotick did anyway. And he also acted like he he was the one driving the sale too. it. Like the way he said it is almost like the whole sale was my idea. I was a hundred percent behind it. It's all me. Like he's really trying to take credit for that. That's weird. It was, it was a weird interview, but uh, yeah, I just,
1: it, they have to, Microsoft can't just leave Warcraft four on the ground. They can't leave Diablo 4 on the ground. They can't leave StarCraft 3 on the ground. They can't leave Call of Duty on the ground. They could. I don't think anyone would miss it, but they're probably not going to leave it on the ground. There's a lot of like huge titles that people expect to keep going or even titles that have been in hiatus that are considered big to now start back up because of this merger or acquisition. That I don't think there's a lot of room for really old games that we haven't seen in like decades. You know, to have to really come back anytime soon. I guess mm. is what I'm trying to say. Because like, that's a lot of shit. Like, even for Microsoft, because they have all their stuff. You know, they barely got fucking Halo Infinite pushed out the goddamn door. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, another thing from that Bobby Kotick interview is he he specifically mentioned Guitar Hero, and he he said he claimed that. That, and I well, heard different ch- at the time. Like, I heard when Guitar Hero got canceled and they stopped making them, it was because sales started to plummet. But he claimed it had nothing to do with sales, and it was that it was too expensive for them to manufacture the the controllers you know the guitar controllers and the drum con- all those things and he said that they were losing money on it and they couldn't expand factories so that it, to make money on it so they just gave up on the idea and he said that with this deal he thinks that microsoft can leverage their Capacity in factories. I don't know exactly what f- special factories Microsoft has, but he he was acting like, oh no, now that Microsoft owns it, they're going to start pumping out Guitar Hero again, which I, I yeah, found wait. really weird.
1: Well, it's easy for Microsoft. They they're, they they make consoles, and well, they're in the console and controller business. True, so true, they, true. They have the industry ties to actually make so. that happen.
0: I guess that. Is Whereas good, Activision,
1: is that yeah, Activision was a company that made yeah. games.
0: Yeah. Uh, what else? I think Lost Vikings might be a dark horse pick they might bring <laughs> back.
1: I mean, they could do they go down the indie route with those type of games, though, because they got Game Pass and they have a whole fuck ton of indie studios behind them, too.
0: Yeah. What do you think? About indie the these studios want to become bigger. They want to eat. <sighs> what do you think about the whole union thing? Because, uh. Right as this deal went through, all the Activision studios started to talk about unions. And I guess Raven Software is like officially trying to unionize right now, right after them. the sale happened. Do you think that they they see some weakness with the whole deal and that like they know that if they do it now, they'll allow it because they don't want bad PR while the sale's going on? Because a lot of people think there's going to be antitrust scrutiny from the federal, uh, the FEC or whatever. That, the
1: oh, trick. there will be. There's no doubt about it. That's why I and when I talked about that uh photoshopped Arthas or uh, <laughs> uh, Spartan armor, I said Omnicorp because <laughs> like anytime there's that many names coming together, <laughs> antitrust is definitely gonna get flagged.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird though. I don't know if has there ever been an antitrust against a video game company before or would this be a first
1: um
0: i can't think of maybe
1: their... sony Has but maybe it might not, it might not been actually video game related cuz sony's so big yeah. they might have had to face some type of antitrust lawsuits but
0: well, i know I microsoft... doubt it was anything to
1: do with video games back I'm just in a... the... that's where yeah. my
0: mind goes back in the day microsoft did have some antitrust stuff going on but they got past it and then it just kind of vanished Are you talking so... about
1: the movie with ryan Philippi? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and tim robbins man it's a classic dude it is it is a classic classic uh i, I last last question about this broadcaster uh what do you think the Sony response is? Because there's a lot of desperate fanboys on the internet that think that Sony's going to release Bloodborne on PC now. And I'm just like, okay, dude, sure. <laughs> well, That's Bloodborne get him. on PC is
1: already him. announced. Is That's it? already happening. Yeah. Blue Point's working. Blue Pont or whatever is already working. Is that confirmed
0: or is that a rumor? I thought it was confirmed. I've never seen a confirmation of that, but it's possible I just missed it.
1: Well, I think it started with a leak.
0: I heard the rumor that there was
1: a bunch of uh, Sony exclusives getting remade for the PC. And then there was like another leak talking about like the banner they would all be released under, I thought, which made it seem like it was more of a real thing. Yeah. Like it was like some type of service that they were going to introduce into the PC market or something. Mm -hmm. I don't
0: know. Like, yeah, because Xbox has done that. Like, you can basically get the entire Xbox environment, quote-unquote, on PC now, and just play with all Xbox players on, like, every game. It's it's interesting. I mean...
1: Well, yeah, the, con- the Xbox runs on an altered Windows platform, right? That's what it is. Yeah, basically, yeah.
0: Hmm, so what do you think Sony's actual response is going to be to this? Do you think they're going to pull some, like, dramatic move, or do you think they're just going to watch it unfold, and see what happens.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think Sony really gives a fuck. (laughs) I mean, Sony's huge. Sony's, like, it's not just a video game company. I mean, they have, like, their hands are in many markets. They're also in, like, they got way closer ties to hardware manufacturing than Microsoft ever will. Uh, And, uh, I mean, when it comes strictly down to video games, they might be sweating a little bit. They're like, oh, God, or video game reputation or repertoire is fucking getting becoming diminished because of this acquisition or something like that. But as far as money goes, I still don't think Microsoft really competes with Sony. Do they? Sony Entertainment.
0: Uh, the, the Sony at large? No. Yeah. We, the whole umbrella. The, the PlayStation <laughs> department of Sony, Maybe maybe and maybe. see like that's that's like that's i
1: mean still not that good right when you're talking about like one sector of sony might yeah. be getting a little pressure from microsoft yeah <laughs> so i mean i look at it like that but in strictly video game world yeah i mean it is kind of quite the one up but well yeah i mean you'll have to see what they do with those ips because we've seen this over the past a few times over the past 10 years i mean let's look Let's rewind, shall we, and go back to Bungie leaving Microsoft and making Destiny, the 10-year game, the first year roadmapped game. game. Yeah. Where did that go? You know? Where <laughs> would those promises lead? 10 years fucking later, <laughs> almost, <laughs> they're gone. They're not even a part of Activision anymore, and now Activision's going to Microsoft. Like I said, the snake eating its own tail.
0: (laughs) Could you imagine if Bungie wasn't let go by Activision and then fucking basically Microsoft bought Bungie back with Activision? (laughs) That would have been so funny. I would have laughed really hard. Yeah. All right. Speaking of laughing hard, broadcaster, there is a brand new show coming out on Peacock. You know, the hottest streaming network in the business, the Peacock channel. Uh, Peacock, Peacock, and uh, that show's called Joe vs. Carol. Broadcaster Nichols, are you ready to preview a generational talent like what's her name? The the chick who ruined Ghostbusters. She's a generational talent, right? Yes. Do you think she might bring a comedic aspect to Carol Baskins?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish she, you know, she kind of looks like, kind of looks like one of the fucking <laughs> chicks that got shot in Monster.
0: Oh, damn! That's darker than I thought you were gonna go. Well, on that happy note, broadcaster, would you uh, like to watch the trailer? No. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's
1: that? You want more crack seller? <laughs>
0: This is good.
1: Join your lords on Twitter at The Crack Seller and Facebook.com slash The Crack
0: Hey, you over there. Are you a straight-up chad or a strong woman? Well, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcasting app. Or, if you're a straight-up beta cuck, find us on YouTube with the rest of the Cloud Chasers. This is who we've been after. Whoever you are, we're coming for you. Already better than the Ghostbusters 2016. I don't like this bitch's eyes, dude. <laughs> Carol Baskin.
1: I thought it was hilarious. It was fucking hilarious, wasn't it? <laughs> who the fuck's that guy? That has got to be
0: laser focused. I don't know if we can just sit down
1: and talk, we can come to an understanding. Who? Is, wait a minute. Did they get a real crackhead to play a fucking Joe? <laughs> That's real crackhead oh. energy right there. Oh, shit. What? 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 Oh, McLaughlin. McLaughlin? You didn't tell me McLaughlin.
0: <laughs> Bro, they got Let's Paul get, Atreides right. to Peacock play. Got strong, <laughs>
1: Peacock got a strong McLaughlin in here.
0: <laughs> they got fucking Paul Atreides to play the tiger food guy. The guy Tiger. that got
1: fed Ooh, to the guy. tigers. <laughs> Wait a minute, is that who he was
0: playing? Yeah, dude. That's, husband, that's the husband. <laughs> Wait a second.
1: Damn, it did him real good because that guy was old as dirt in the Wait, fucking real show. That's... I, dude, Paul atreides mastered the fucking the way of the spice and and, and you know gave birth to fucking leto the second. Who he,
0: he can't what? <laughs> he can't be doing him like this he can't get fed to tigers. wait a second okay so <laughs> i uh, so this is like they're gonna wait a second so they're making a comedic television show that takes place during the period in which she allegedly murdered her husband and fed him to tigers and then they cast. That's an ongoing investigation isn't it yes that is a life
1: wild <laughs> Isn't life wild that, like, people have no shame? They're just like, yeah, we know this bitch is shady, but it's a good show. Make a
0: good show. <laughs> I, You know, I thought this TV show was going to be taking place during the same period in which uh the Tiger King documentary kind of played out, a.k.a. post-tiger food, after the husband was dead. <laughs> But if they're actually doing a comedic show about that before period, that is a bold choice, Cotton. <laughs> that's
1: where the that's where the content's at, bro. It's about content. You know what I'm
0: saying? No one wants oh, more man. content. And this is coming out in March, March third. That is close. That is two months away. Less than two months. Like a Month and a half away, man. Holy shit,
1: she that the chick that plays Carol Baskin, she's one of the like reasons why SNL is terrible. <laughs> I don't think like she's she on is... SNL anymore, is she? Well, good, that was a strong move. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like but... Keenan Thompson and the rest of the cast of all of that now. What <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That the would be cool action. of all that or on SNL? That would be cool if like for one episode on SNL they just completely replaced the cast of the, with the grown up all that cast.
1: God. You know what they should really do? They should
0: quit. Shut it down. Man, shut it down. Do, so, do you think this show's gonna be a comedy or a drama? Because you think with uh, Kate McKinnon it's going to be quote unquote comedy, but then you look at the the subject matter of the timeline in which they're choosing to portray, then you think drama. How insensitive do you think this? Like, is this going to be like a legit like dark comedy? Like, what do you think yeah, this is? For
1: sure, that's the only way they could take it because that's <laughs> what the original Tiger King was. I mean, it was kind of tragic. It's fucking trailer tra- white trailer trash people. Living in what was it,
0: Florida? Where was this at? Originally? No, it wasn't Florida. It was, it was like, God. well, where it like wherever it was, Tennessee I mean, like, or something like that? I thought it was wherever like... it was, like these people
1: are like, not civilized people. He's crackhead. He was a homo. He was a homo crackhead who was trying to fuck like multiple of his employees. His employees themselves were clearly drug addicts and amputee some of them were amputees <laughs> like the only good dude was missing both of his legs I think yeah. right like he was like the only even keeled guy his best friend his old best friend and he was missing both of his fucking legs <laughs> like <laughs> these these people they're not like high functioning <laughs> I think that guy just say. died too
0: the paraplegic dude I think uh, I think he salute, like just salute died. to you yeah. rest in power yeah a lot of people have oh, been dying recently man
1: I probably got the booster, dude. I'll tell you right now, not to go off too much sub- oh, off subject, but when we Story were playing time. Halo last night, and we were talking to, with our our, our two uh, playmates, I should say. <laughs> one of them don't say it like that,
0: please. Talked about <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of them was talking about how he didn't feel good still long after the booster shot. A he week said fucked him up it was fucking him up. And I'm just thinking, I'm staying silent. Like, you know, I don't want to make him feel bad. You know, I'm not going to put that type of energy on him. But at the same time, I'm thinking in my head, I'm just like, I mean,
0: just listen to what you're saying, dude. The thing that re- sounds <laughs> like you took poison. Yeah. And you just don't want to admit it. <laughs> and I don't know if he was exaggerating or not, but he said that he had a fever for five days. Yeah, if you dude. have a fever for five days, I think you're supposed to go to the hospital, right? Isn't it like yeah, past two? Sure. Yeah, something like that, like. Yeah, I raised an eyebrow with that myself. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, it's so, so sensitive talking about this shit with people because you just know, like, if you bring anything up with them that isn't, like, total mainstream accepted viewpoint that they could just snap and there's so many people lately that have been yeah, telling we don't me want to
1: play Halo with us anymore. Can't <laughs>
0: have that. like the only two people that play Halo, so we got to protect the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's
1: a protected class people, okay? Their names will not be disclosed. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh man, I've had a lot of people come to me and talk to me about getting a booster shot lately and all of them had adverse reactions. Like not like I'm dying or anything, but all of them Got fevers for multiple days. All of them were basically borderline. I need to go to the hospital. And I'm just sitting here like this Probably is to protect against Omicron, a cold, basically? Like we're not even talking about Alpha anymore or Delta. We're talking about Omicron. And it's like everyone agrees, even the mainstream media agrees, it's like a cold. So what the fuck are we doing?
1: We're we're dying.
0: We are dying, broadcaster, slowly or fast, depending on your vaccination status. <laughs> that being said, broadcaster, how many episodes of Joe versus Carol do you think we're gonna get the star studded season? I'm not watching this crap. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna watch dude, you gotta watch the first episode. Come on now. I might. Uh, you owe. I don't know. You owe Kyle McLaughlin that much. One episode. Oh,
1: yeah, I forgot. Kyle McLaughlin MacLachlan- <laughs> I yeah, yeah, okay, already okay, forgot. Was- <laughs> <laughs> the guy's a ninja, dude. He comes uh, in the last second. He puts his finger up. Shh, baby.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I'm Kyle McLaughlin, baby. <laughs> Do you think this is a little too late, though? Because Tiger King was popular a year ago, and that popularity has faded dramatically. You yeah. think they're a little too late here?
1: Astro World already happened, dude. Yeah. Fucking Noss what was that guy's name? <laughs> Damn, I forget the guy's name now. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna say Kendrick Lamar has been canceled, but it's not <laughs> I don't know these rappers. <laughs> Anyways, guys, after a world happened, no one can think about this shit. I
0: mean, come on, guys. I'm not Joe Montana, okay? I make mistakes. Uh, all right, broadcaster, well, you know, this is the crack cellar, and uh, in the crack cellar, we're known for our crackpot theories that bear absolutely no resemblance to reality. Just, you know, see our matrix predictions. <laughs> What? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh in that spirit broadcaster, what is your crackpot prediction for Joe versus Carol?
1: I think that Paul McLaughlin's old man character actually isn't dead. Mm. That he was actually fucking Tiger King. Oh shit. And Carol found out. Right? Come a little closer, kids. That bitch found out <laughs> that that t- crackhead tiger king fuck was pegging her man. She couldn't have that, so he chopped. So she chopped him up and fed him to the goddamn sharks. I mean, the tigers.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's pretty plausible. Like you know, the fact that Joe Exotic was so sure. That she chopped him up and fed him to tigers. Like, he was really sure about that. Like, almost like he had insider knowledge. Yeah. Maybe it was... I mean,
1: the sheriff came (laughs) over to her house a week prior while they were shipping in gigantic tanks for sharks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing this,
1: Carol? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a shark lover now. And my husband is too, maybe even a bigger one than me, she said
0: <laughs> well, broadcast that was the last thing we heard <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, not bad. Uh, I think my prediction is going to be a little different though I think uh, I think that guy hated Carol Baskin so much that he said, "You know what, Carol, fuck it." I'm going to give you everything. You get everything. And I, and he even made up the story about him being fed to the Tigers. Like, listen, we're going to start this rumor that you killed me and fed me to Tigers. But nothing will ever happen because I'm not going to be dead and they'll never find my body. So you're cool. I'm going to Guadalajara. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> I'm going to South Korea and I'm going to manage K-pop bands. I think wow. this motherfucker is the manager of bts and he's like a fucking multi-million dollar man now and someday it's it's a it's like the most famous k-pop band in the world and i'm proud that you like one direction yeah they're like the one direction of south korea i guess (laughs) i don't fucking know i don't get into k-pop obviously for obvious reasons but i think that he is the manager of those fuckers and someday in the near future uh BTS is gonna be on stage somewhere in America and they're gonna be like we have a special guest. We want to introduce you to our manager, and that motherfucker's gonna come out with like a king's robe on and a crown and be like, I'm not dead, bitches, I'm rich. I'm rich. Fuck you, Carol Baskins. Fuck you. And he's just gonna drop the mic. Who's Watch that off. Iron Man villain? <laughs> that Chinese
1: Iron Man villain with all the rings? <laughs> yes. The Mandarin. Exactly. He's coming out like the Mandarin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I am Lord of BTS. <laughs> each you
0: know,
1: kid's gonna he's gonna absorb each kid like fucking Ivan Ooze and just turn him into like a ring and he's just yes. gonna be like
0: ah. <laughs> Exactly. He's gonna be like, Hey Kel, remember that little rinky dink ten thousand dollar tiger cage I left you? I own a quarter up. of South Korea now and Kim Jong-un is my homeboy? Nah, dude. Someone's gonna pass
1: him. <laughs> Mick Foley's gonna pass him the mic on stage. Salute, rest in power.
0: <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna raise his eyebrow like the fucking rock. He's like, I'm coming for you, Carol. Yeah, Bask. yeah. and then, and then out of nowhere. Paul Bear is going to come from yeah, left stage dude, yeah. and he's just going to raise the urn right next to that motherfucker and do that little face of his. And then the Undertaker music will play and they'll slowly walk off stage
1: together. I was uh, <laughs> listening to some uh, other podcasts, not as good as ours, but another podcast. <laughs> he was talking about how he looked like Paul Bear. He's like, I got strong Paul Bear energy. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I fucking died because as soon as I said it, I saw it and I was like, dude, you're going to get
0: old. And look like Paul Bear. Oh There's man. No doubt about it. I, th- I think Tim Poole has that going for him as well. <laughs> the Asian Paul Bear. Yeah. I think <laughs> Tim Poole is going to look a little bit like Paul Bear when he gets older, but we'll see. Speaking of, broadcaster Nichols, are you ready to get to our review of the final season of Expanse?
1: I am. What's left of it?
0: Hmm. Oh, oh, oh. And we're back with our review of the sixth and final season of The Expanse. And the Craters would describe that final season as the following. The solar system is at war as Marco Inaros and his free navy continue to launch devastating asteroid attacks on Earth and Mars. As the tensions of war and shared loss threaten to pull the crew of the Rocinante apart... Christian Avasarala makes a bold move and sends former Martian Marine Bobby Draper on a secret mission that could turn the tide of the conflict. Broadcaster Nichols, as you probably recall, I despised season five of The Expanse. I think it was my, one of my lowest rated uh, reviews of our previous season. I was not a fan at all. I I don't like the Marco Inaris focus the show took in season 5 and i am sorry to report that season 6 keeps that focus what do you think what what were your what were your feelings generally speaking on this final season
1: uh it it's definitely the worst in my opinion and i don't think it's the worst as far as like storytelling and i don't think the 5th season was really bad as far as it's just the pace. Like, nothing happened. And it's six... I, I don't want to go too far back into the fifth season, but how many episodes was the fifth season? Eight or ten? it was ten. It was I ten believe, episodes? I believe yeah, it was. 10. So ten episodes, and it really felt like not a, a whole lot happened.
0: No, I you think know? that these six episodes were way had way more stuff happen than all of season five. But
1: it's still in a very short period of time. Yes. Like, I feel like the first four seasons expanded no pun intended so much on so much ground from the books that it kind of ruined it for you going into season five and then ultimately into the final season six Uh, yeah yeah uh it it, it just like it was i kept on looking because i knew there was only six episodes and I, i remember being on i think the episode was force projection or some I th- yeah I think that was the uh, name of the episode force projection and it was just such a bad episode it was a, it was just drama going from ship to ship and I it was already halfway through the episode and I was like halfway through the episode halfway through the series uh, uh, wow bad you know like this is crazy are they just and then the you know the the final episode is my favorite episode because not only is it the end of this boar fest but it actually had a good amount of action in it and a lot mm-hmm. of the um what do you call it the uh the aha moments that kind of expanse is good for you know mm-hmm. like these tactical uh battle plays that you you as a viewer don't really even see coming because you don't you you know you're not a fucking soldier you don't you don't fight in space and stuff but the way they like think about you know 3d maneuverable combat and like the portals and the alien technology and all that stuff that we don't think about in a combat way they they really try to you know use to their best of their advantage and i think that last episode was the only time they i got that feeling you know yeah. which is why i watch expanse in the first place because those those ship battles were dope as fuck
0: Yes, uh, I think that the final episode is probably my second favorite episode, but it was a good one for sure. Uh, let's just, you know, there's only six episodes. So let's just kind of go through it from the beginning. The first episode is called Strange Dogs. And uh, what, what did you think about this episode overall as a first episode? Because usually a premiere episode and the finale episode are usually, generally speaking, the two best episodes of a TV show. It's not always the case, but like that's kind of the standard They're at least strong, usually, the first and last episodes are at least strong, if not the best. I thought that this first episode sucked balls,
1: yeah, it was really lame. It felt like it was just a recap. I mean, right off, yes, from the yes, recappy, very recappy,
0: yeah.
1: and I think that's what it honestly was designed to be. It was supposed to be a recap episode, which just sucks. It's like in how a you six episode final whole, season, yeah, like that's just terrible. <laughs> It just kind of shows you that there's a lack of, like, uh, want to even cap the series off in a respectable way. But uh, it was just boring. Like, Mm -hmm. right off the bat, you get the Marco Nars recap, literal Mm -hmm. recap. And it's like, dude, how many times have I seen this intro? I think three seasons now I've seen Marco Nars do that goddamn speech or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so that immediately kind of put me in a bad mood. And then I don't know, just seeing Naomi still being like right off the bat, you're put in the middle of the turmoil after Alex's death, the pilot. And I thought it wasn't in the books.
0: I just want to remind everyone that that is not in the books. He is supposed to be piloting this ship in this season. we'll go we'll talk about that more later but i just want to reiterate for those who don't know he was killed for political reasons for me too bullshit which was by the way never proven in court it's been totally buried but they fucking fired his ass and completely changed the story to accommodate some bullshit politics how about we let the courts decide how about we just fucking let the courts decide why? So just name because he
1: was my favorite character. <laughs> he
0: was great, dude. He was a space cowboy. He was like cowboy bebop style character. I fucking dude, love that guy. He was cool, dude. Hell yeah. But and yeah, it, it, was,
1: it just seemed preposterous to me that between season five, his uh, his death, and six, the beginning of season six, they were still mourning over his death. Mm-hmm. Like we're just getting a direct continuation off of season five. There's been no time lapse. Since this whole thing, like in, but there was that's the weirdest thing, yeah. Like, they clearly had a time lapse, like, they're uh, you know, they're talking about the fallout of the uh, asteroid or the comets hitting Earth, you know, with the dust debris contaminating the atmosphere and all that crap. So, there's clearly a good amount of time that's passed. I think it was like 186 days or some shit like that, and they're all still fucking just mad at each other
0: mm-hmm.
1: over Alex fucking essentially doing a suicide mission. Like he knew what he was doing. He sacrificed himself to save Bobby essentially. And whoever, uh, uh, Madame survival was, I forget how that really played out what was going on there, but that ship was spinning out of control and
0: it was contrived. Yeah, nonsense. Uh,
1: yeah. But n- nonetheless, it like it's not like anyone on the ship was even a part of the situation. Until yeah. later, when Bobby actually got, came on the ship, and everyone was chill with Bobby, mm-hmm. <laughs> the one person that was a part of that that situation. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, it just,
1: I don't. It, the whole atmosphere on the ship just seemed like on purpose and to delay and really draw things out and not make you need to have like. Uh, anything interesting going on, the Rosinante, which is one of the main focuses of the series.
0: That's my biggest Um, problem with strange dogs. Only about, I want to say 20% of this episode is about the Rosinante. There is so much exposition with Avasarala and Bobby on Earth and then fucking Marco and Philip on fucking series, all this bullshit exposition nonsense crap that doesn't matter. We get this is an episode of nothing. This is like a Seinfeld episode. It's about nothing.
1: (laughs) It really (laughs) is.
0: Oh, I fucking hated it, man. And what'd you think about the... uh, We forgot to talk about Drummer and her polyamorous fucking relationship that they focused on weirdly in the season for no fucking reason. What'd you think about that? Getting all fucking uh, melodramatic early on. Like, we're we're not like you, Drummer. We're not warriors. We're gonna go and hide. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I mean...
1: It's just like everything else. It's just kind of like weird fallout that I that doesn't make sense coming from season five. You know, you'd think like all these guys would like have resolution after mm-hmm. like a lot of their friends dying. And like, you know, because season, I mean, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. The whole point of season five for a lot of these characters were, you know, like becoming stronger and like not wanting the boot around their neck and like seeing that just because they want, they don't want to be under earth rule was, is no reason to join like a psychopath like Marco. And then, you know, they lose a bunch of people like what's his name dies. I forget the old man, um, uh, drummer's mentor, essentially Skinner. Was that his name? Skimmer? I forget his name. Oh god. The guy that she got her ship from.
0: Yeah, I forget his name, too, and I fucking love that guy. But I can't remember Marco his name Marco executes now. him. I forget yeah. his
1: Yeah, I forget the guy's name, but he's an old, uh, like, uh, belter pirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just like, all these characters on her crew had resolution, you know? And then coming to this episode, it's just like, or this season, it's like,
0: uh, no, not really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all falling apart <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh Strange Dogs, I think, is one of the worst season openers ever And when I first heard the final season was going to be six episodes I said, good, it's going to be high and tight They're going to cut the filler bullshit They're going to cut the nonsense And they're just going to, you know, fucking boots to the ground this bitch Totally wrong <laughs> This season was like 40% filler and uh it, strange dogs is probably one of the worst offenders.
1: Uh yeah, I th- I think it's the worst episode in the season.
0: For me, it it probably is too. It's kind of I think the 3rd episode is really bad too, but yeah, strange dogs is definitely in the running for worst episode of the season. Now Episode two, Azure Dragon, on the flip side, is one of my favorites of the season. Yep. What do you this think? Is,
1: yeah, it's the top two episodes, definitely. The yeah. last episode and Azure
0: Dragon are best yep. episodes. Yep, those are my two favorites as well. As
1: what? They have the most action.
0: What kids? Wow. <laughs> and also, um, hmm, the Rocinante is actually in the majority of the episode. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. I'd say like 75% of the episode was Rocinante and all the characters you actually like and not. I mean, there was a little Philip bullshit, bullshit, and a little drummer bullshit, yeah. but it was mostly rock and it's Dante.
1: unavoidable. Yeah, it's yeah. unavoidable in this whole season. But yeah. as far as the pacing of Azure Dragon, it was the best. Yes, like it, the way it stepped from each scene was good. It, the the premise of the series was good. A derelict, uh, like I don't know what you call it, like a science esque vessel that had a bunch of like sensor arrays that they would want is just floating out there. I forget what they call it. And like whatever the like gravitational belt, that's just they they call the darkness or something. There's like void or I forget what they call it, but mm-hmm. it's something like that. It's just floating out there. Turns out, you know, to be this critical ship to Marco Sonaro's plan to control, uh, uh, the comets going to earth, you know? So it's just, the it was the ship was...
0: sending all the comments, right?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it was, but it's just it's still is the way they they go there, thinking one thing, and then they find out it's a lot bigger of a deal. There's a chase. They they get you know it. All of it was nice. Yeah. Everything else, I mean, almost every other episode was just political bore. Mm-hmm. It seriously like almost every episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, Azure Dragon had the least exposition, I think, of the entire season. It was very. Boots to the ground. What I thought the whole season was going to be like is what Azur dr- Dragon was like. Uh, I also liked the fact that they sort of just threw in um, the discovery of like the alien ghosts in the wormhole in this episode is sort of like a throwaway part that ends up being like the key to the entire season. Oh, are you talking about
1: the Planet Two B side? Well, storyline type it, of thing
0: yeah like they discover yeah. who uh naomi actually makes the discovery she fu- she finds out that uh the ghosts there are ghosts in these portal wormholes uh the gates oh that yeah eat the ships and take them into a different dimension it's very like event horizon style i love yeah. that i love how they kind of just sprinkled it in as like this sort of like eh, we're just gonna throw this in maybe it means something maybe it doesn't and then it ends up meaning a lot towards the end, I like the way they threw it in without a whole lot of fanfare. Like they didn't have to like make it all pomp and circumstance. They're just like, we're just going to like write this really tight episode and just throw this little breadcrumb in for you to kind of wet your appetite for what's going to come in the future. This episode really shows you what the show could have been if they didn't go down this weird road.
1: Yeah. A lot of the episodes time just didn't make sense to me. Like the, this uh, what the, originally what I thought you were talking about was that side story line down on the planet in the the ring two Planet B or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. they called it uh that didn't even make sense to me,
0: not at any first. of
1: that you know, like they wasted so much fucking time with that it is unbelievable, and they were just showing the ship up in the atmosphere every single fucking episode I don't know that shit pissed me off to no end. Yeah. But when her brother came back alive, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: I I don't want to I don't want to say anything because there are four books past this. I know there are going to be people that listen to this review that haven't read the books yet that are either going to wait for hopefully a new network to pick the show back up or they might read the books. So I won't say anything specific, but I will say that that side story you're talking about is very important for the future that we will probably never see in the TV show, <laughs> but yeah. it, it, it's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there because it gets, it's very spoilery, but when I was, when I was watching it, I was like, I can't believe they actually put this in because this is like, <laughs> it's kind of torture like anyone who knows is like why would you show this because you're not going to show what's going to happen after and anyone who doesn't read ahead or doesn't know is to be like what the fuck is this like your reaction like why am I looking at this what is this
1: (laughs) I just really wish season 6 didn't happen because yep. it it really would have been it really would have benefited the series and whoever wants to pick it up in the future if this season just didn't happen. Yep, I agree. Cuz you could build something extremely better even though they made poor decisions in season 5 like killing off Alex Kamel. They could still make something far, far better of what season mm-hmm. 6 of uh, of the potential of season yeah. 6.
0: You know, I kind of hope that Someone does pick this show back up and they declare season five and six non-canon and they pick it up from season four, the end of season four, because that's where this show should have ended.
1: Oh, that'd be cool. They just started out with Thomas Jane, like in a wizard robe, and he's just like mastering (laughs) the universe with his hand and he's like reversing it. Ah,
0: ah, And Kamel comes back. What a roller coaster ride this has been, man, because season 4 was so fucking good. And then you get two follow-up seasons that are they're it's not that they're not as good as season 4, they're not even a fraction as good as season 4. It's just a disgrace.
1: It- the Expanse season four is like Raised by Wolves. Good,
0: it is. It's, yeah. Those
1: are on the same level. Like, I when I first watched Raised by Wolves, which I think is a better sci fi show, Fuck it's yeah. one of the best sci fi shows ever. Sadly, just, just yes. so everyone we can, we, we can establish this and everyone knows. Season four of the Expanse is on that level, though. It's the mm-hmm. best season they've ever produced.
0: Yeah, yep. But instead, we get the fucking Marco and Aris. Chronicles are just like the most boring part of the Expanse books. is just like all the focus, all this bullshit. And it's just sad. It's sad to watch yeah. what happened. And speaking of sad, let's get to episode three: Force Projection Broadcast Chronicles. <laughs> uh, Which is
1: not, let me just say, <laughs> I was once taught Force Projection by a young Jedi named Bro Jiden. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he liked to rub my legs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he also smelled he my hair on occasion. I <laughs> glistened in the sun. <laughs> so this is an episode where Avra Sarala decides to go to Ceres and take it back from Marco just to realize he abandoned it and booby trapped it and uh there's a lot of bullshit with Philip and Marco and like you know, them arguing and having oh it's dad and father arguments but it, like with Napoleon of Bonaparte, like type shit. You're just like, ah, I'm not buying any of this. Uh, I don't know. Force project. Right, no. correct me if I'm wrong. Force projection at the end is where the Rossinante fights Marco's ship and Holden duds the torpedo or is that the next episode yeah no that this is, is the it. end of four okay good yeah this was the dumbest fucking shit
1: well yeah yeah it, right at the end i think of three is what you're talking about yeah because they the run into three. battle
0: yep yep okay first of all holden should not be piloting this ship no He's not supposed to be filing it. This is all contrived nonsense. And for Holden to be like, oh, I can end the most uh, devastating war in Earth history, take down one of the most evil people, murderers since Mao Zedong, Mao, Mao, what's that guy's name? Mao Zedong or whatever the... Insert, you know, Stalin, whoever you want to compare it to. Like, Marco Inaris is killed in this universe has killed more people than most of the dictators in earth history and he's like nah I, my girlfriend will be mad at me <laughs> are, are we really supposed to believe that shocker
1: kids at the end of the season they do just that <laughs> they take oh, both of them out God. And they cry just like they would have cried yeah, in episode 3 they needed to make three more episodes for some fucking reason. Yeah. I don't know. Just the whole episode season didn't make sense. But, yeah. yeah, it was a dumb season. And even Amos, I feel like Amos, in the next episode, like when they're repairing the ship on the outside. The Amos I, I know would
0: have thrown him off. He'd be like, you're yeah, done, and just thrown him into space. He's like, hey, Cap, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, you don't even know what you're fucking doing, anymore. And, like, Holden just sits there, uh-huh. <laughs> it just didn't. It just kind of showed you how uh, creatively bankrupt the plot mm-hmm. was. <laughs> you know, it was just like you're right. I Amen. I don't know why I didn't shoot the bad guy. <laughs> 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 I thought there was going to be like some crazy bombshell dropped yeah. in that conversation. You know, like Holden yep. was like knew some information that no one else knew. But no, it was just like I don't want to upset Naomi. You know, it was the cucking type. You
0: know. And you know what? The way Holden got all her evil ass son, yeah, yeah. The the way that Holden also like got up in his face when he asked him about it was so unbelievable. It's like, dude, Amos would break you in half with his pinky, and you're like, you're like this little chihuahua barking at a fucking Rottweiler. His girlfriend's fucking X twenty three, dude. They're a power (laughs) couple in this universe, dude. You got nothing on them. Oh my god. Oh, I know, dude. And I just, you know what? While we're on the subject, Clarissa Mao is a good, bright spot of this shit season. She was really good. I I liked her in season five. In fact, if you recall, when I gave my only positive part of season five, it was the Amos Clarissa Mao story on Earth. That was the only part of season five I liked.
1: Literally. Yeah, for sure. That was and, a really good part.
0: And Clarissa Mao is she's she's great in this season. The actress that plays her is really good. All of her dialogue is good. She was one of the better parts of this season, again. So props to her.
1: Who is uh what was that chick's name from Wayne's World? Cassandra.
0: Oh yeah. The also the chick from True Lies. Ah uh, uh, yeah. She I was prolific in the nineties. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember either.
1: The chick that plays Clarissa Mao reminds me.
0: Yeah. She could be her daughter. Yeah. It could be. Good call. Good call. She is kind of reminiscent of her uh but uh yeah so uh, force projection sucked ass uh, most of the episode <laughs> was about avasarala and politics and sari station and a bunch of really cringy dialogue by the way dude some of the cringiest dialogue this show has ever had is in this season and in this episode and in the the coming episodes with Avicerala and the belters like when she's, in the, I don't think it's in this episode, but I think it's the next one where she's like talking to drummer or someone and she's like, I know you'd all hate me because of the things I've done in the past. I agree that you should hate me, but now I want you to be my friend. It's just like this, these really just contrived, I don't know. I, I think the actress that plays Avastral is good, but the writing they gave her character this season blows. That's all I'm going to say. It blows chunks.
1: Yeah, well, her character was really cool because the characters around her, mm-hmm. like she was, she was a politically driven character with a bunch of backstabbers around her initially. And it was cool to see her navigate around that. But her, like, you know, the peak of her character plot line kind of was in season three, you know, or season, maybe a little bit in season four, a little bit, but nonetheless, yeah. It, it's just like she, and they just kind of try to keep it going. It didn't make sense, especially with like that white dude. It was so funny. Like Gareth is his name. I laughed because I was looking at <laughs> Amazon. If you hover your mouse, it shows you like the character names and the actors or whatever. And I noticed his name was Gareth. I was like, "Damn, she don't like Gareth, dude." <laughs> 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 yeah. Gareth just got told off, dude. And like, I think it was. Episode- I think it That's is. That's the guy that looks of-
0: like Gollum, right? He looks like the guy who plays Gollum. No,
1: no, 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 no. That's uh, you're talking about the Belter captain. <laughs>
0: No, I'm I'm talking about her like general Gollum. guy. Who's the actor who plays Gollum? What's his name?
1: Oh, I don't know, but ah, he's pretty. Into, you know, have he's you ever pretty...
0: have you ever seen him without like what like what he looks like as a human? Yeah, I thought that he looked just like the the Gareth character, but maybe I'm tripping. <laughs> he reminded he at least reminded of me of him quite a
1: bit i just don't think so
0: but yeah (laughs) all right man well moving on uh let's get to readout the next episode episode four uh this is the episode (laughs) where we we already talked kind of about where he's confronted by amos on the repairs and we have more more exposition with avas and series where uh the whole like i want to be friends with the belters now ignore my evil torture and crap I used to do. I'm I'm changed. Reminded me of South Park. Remember in the South Park movie? I can change. I can change. Like that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> and then we had... The coolest part about this episode was Drummer's uh, little uh, invasion of Marcos's supply depot. And the only reason I liked it is because they did something cool. They made uh, one of... Basically one of the guys that went on it was drummers like polyamorous boyfriend and like her polyamorous couple and he gets he gets his arm crushed and they have to like they have to cut it off right there and with the polyamorous girlfriend there too and she's the one who has to amputate his arm and it's gory dude like yeah, I it thought- was fucking Dude, that whole no, that was episode surprised. was gory, dude. Yeah, that I was like, dude, that is some. Real if there's one shit. thing this season
1: got, it was gore. Yes, because fast forward all the way to episode six, Ooh. when you see that motherfucker's head come clean half
0: off, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah, with man.
1: that bullet that comes from through the ship, you're like, dude, it was so brutal. I never seen anything like that in Expanse. I was yeah. fucking. Anyways, that is definitely going a backwards.
0: Every yeah. doubt, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. The arm was it was pretty brutal. It was no Robocop yeah. too, but
0: yeah. I mean, but that was huh. the only real good part of this episode. It, we after that, we're just immediately back to like Philip drama with Marco. Like he gets demoted, I think, and he's like you know scrubbing the decks with like some dude who misses his brother on series and. Uh, Ugh, God, I hate, I hated all that. And it's like the the dude, like he tried to communicate with his brother and gets caught and he gets put in jail. And then Phillips like, why'd you do that, man? And he's like, I miss my brother, dude. And it's just like eh, eh, that whole thing. I just fucking, I is all filler again. Like we're just there's so much filler in the season that was unnecessary. Let's skip the fucking verse and let's get to the chorus, man. Like it's a six-episode season. It's a final episode or a final season with six episodes in it, based on a book yeah. that's long. It's a long book, man. That's like, why it just I, seems so man. unnecessary.
1: Yeah. That's why the whole thing just seems so unnecessary because it's not a complete season. It's not really talking. It, it it's make it's now going Game of Thrones style and making its own content up, and, and it sucks
0: mm-hmm. and
1: for no reason because they're not gonna. This is the la- their last season, and then yep. someone clearly might pick it up. Who knows? And I hope like,
0: so. And yeah. it's
1: like well, such a waste of money for Amazon, unless they were contract. That's only th- they had like an obligation to do it. That's the only th- reason why I think season six happened. I think because so too. Some type of contract and say that they had to at least do six episodes with a certain amount of time, and they hired like the cheapest writers they could. You mm-hmm. know, came up with a shallow storyline.
0: Yeah, you know, you know I'm I'm going to interrupt our like episode by episode analysis just to point out a theory of mine, and I think the the man who saved this show, his name is Jeff Bezos, and he is actually a fan of The Expanse. He read the books. He is a legitimate fan of this novel series. My conspiracy theory is he saw season five and he was as pissed off about it as we were. I don't think and he quit this, Amazon, dude. Yeah, I yeah, Crazy, He quit dude. because of this. That's why he quit. <laughs> he fucking was pissed. <laughs> he started dude. fucking a uh, mill. the boys discussed
1: <laughs> it. He's just, just like, like, you're right, do Not Mal. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I really, really think that he didn't like the fact that they fucked with the source material so much in season five, and he said, you know what. This is it. You get one more season to try and redeem yourself, but we're done because you're not being true to the source material and you're ruining it for politics. I don't think Jeff Bezos is like some based dude. He's probably left wing. He's probably on board with a lot of this shit. But you know what? He liked this series and I think that he was as offended by these changes as we are. I mean, you don't know because you've never read the books, but if you did read them, you would be offended. I guarantee you, you would not, you already don't like it. You just would not like it for different reasons. So that's my theory. I
1: just think I'm reading fucking halfway through book one, Marco Naro's dies. I'm like, (laughs)
0: what? (laughs) Not quite, but you know what? I would highly recommend that you read the series. It is really good, and you will you will scratch your fucking head at some of these decisions in the TV show. You will. And it's a great series. I, I'm actually thinking about rereading from the beginning. But uh, anyway, back to the, the analysis here. We're on episode five now, Why We Fight. And this is where uh, Drummer shows up with the Marco Aris supplies that she stole, and then she starts having like this... Bro, a female version of a bromance with Avicerala, and like they start going back and forth, and like they're trying to court each other, and it's really they're definitely gonna
1: scissor. I felt scissoring energy, no oh, yeah,
0: doubt, definitely. And uh, <sighs> Holden takes his beta energy to Avicerala and starts threatening her, <laughs> like dude, Holden has some really unearned confidence in the season. <laughs> Yeah, the gotta say, dude, serolo. the guy that plays
1: Holden, he's starting to look like he's dying of radiation poisoning. Yep. Like, bro, are you all right? Like, I don't want to make. I hope he's not actually sick. I feel bad if I'm making fun of him. Because yeah, he's actually sick. But it's like Jesus Christ, dude, get some weight going.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, at least it's realistic to space. You know, space. You know. Yeah. makes you shrink a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's what's happening to the good old hole. Amos is I'm- apparently not affected by the... No,
1: dude. Yes, and Bobby, strong way. I think Bobby put
0: on, like, 20 pounds of muscle since the last yeah. season. She's so jacked in this season, dude, dude.
1: I forget her name. Frankie Robbie or something like that. Frankie something but she yeah she a big girl.
0: Uh yeah. she powerful. Yeah, yeah, Frankie Adams like she was big from the beginning, but I swear to god in this season she looked like she was on steroids. Like she was thick. Thick. And uh man, so <sighs>
1: only bear that could tame
0: amos <laughs> so, so this epi- this episode sort of becomes like ai am gonna go convince avasarala to do something then avasarala sort of like turns the tables, like no i'm gonna convince you to do something and then she gets holden to go fucking uh try and convince a drummer to work for avasarala and there's like all this like political exposition that's super boring and uh this is, oh yeah, uh, this is my favorite part about this episode. And it's like kind of in an ironic way. Amos is getting drunk on the station, right? Because he's pissed off that Holden's a little bitch. So he's like, I'm drinking whiskey and I'm fucking whores. That's what he's doing. And I loved that. He even admits it on screen. Like he says it. And I'm just like, yes, thank you. I, I didn't think <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're leaving Amos alone and not ruining his character. But the thing I like the most about it is that Bobby shows up, and she's trying to get some, man. She's trying to get Amos to hit it, dude. I was like, damn. She's like, pick on someone your own size, Amos. And Amos like, that's right. You are my own size. I'm not down with that. (laughs) Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, Bob, Bobby you are the size of a giant man <laughs> <laughs> That was a great impression I like that uh, And then uh, the episode ends with uh, The Naomi And drummer Thing Which was super weird and awkward And I hated What do you think about that uh, uh, She ambushes She She like ambushes drummer on her ship And like they have that talk And like it's oh. like really drama y and sort yeah, so of. Yeah, it's like your pain isn't my pain. Oh, man, 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 God, man. And then we're going to
1: fucking scissor energy. Yeah, yep. I, I more, see, that, yeah, yeah, more
0: scissor energy for sure. Yeah,
1: no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. I mean, I wish they would just, you know, commit. And maybe that's what's wrong with season six, you know, is they just didn't commit to that high lesbian energy <laughs> i mean there was a lot of lesbian energy going on in this whole season can we fast forward to season six real quick i mean that <laughs> council at the end dude with the the cap, the the chief of the sarah station and uh oh yeah uh, a drummer just standing right next to each other on the table when i saw that i was like damn look at that lesbian power couple yeah. just fucking pushing madame to follow <laughs> around <Yeah>.
0: well <laughs> I mean, we basically described Episode 5 already, so we might as well just get to the final episode. (laughs) Episode 5 was hot garbage, another shit episode. Now we get to Episode 6, Babylon's Ashes. Now, this was a good episode. This was either the best or the second best, depending uh, on your mood, I guess. I I mean, Azura Dragon and Babylon's Ashes both have their own strengths and their own weaknesses, but I think they're both good episodes, and I think if the rest of the season was like these two, it would have been a good season even though episode six had its cringe parts and what you were just talking about is one of them. How much did your eyes roll when drummer had that argument with the, the general of the earth, like whoever that chick was who works for Avasarala. And like, they had like that super cringy argument at the round table. And then like, avasaral is like enough of this this is why belters and earthers hate each other we need to stop and then they like give each other dirty looks and then they go back to their stations and start you know falling in line again how cringy was that dude
1: that was pretty much the vibe of the whole fucking every time it goes to them that just seems to be the whole vibe until the very end when they're just like, you know what? Let's just fix this by putting Holden in charge. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, so basically in this episode, we find out that Marco Inaris has set up the other side of the ring gate as his station that is fortified where he's going to build a fleet to take over the solar system. And he has these rail guns set up that are basically impossible to get through. And they take out a, was it was a bunch of earth ships right in the the cold open of the episode yeah yeah it wasn't mars ships was it i can't remember well, if it was they, mars they, ships was or a, earth it ships. was they were the mcrn ships okay it whatever. was mars ships okay yeah. so they take out a bunch of mars ships and then they you know they find out oh shit marco anaris is beelining it for this gate where he is about to just sit tight and build an army while you know with perfect defenses and we can't let him get through this gate. This is some of the best plot storyline, storytelling of the entire season, because we have this premise. We have a chase. We have a confrontation coming. We have strategy. We have two sides coming up with strategies, one to beat one, one to stop the other. And there's very little exposition compared to the rest of the season. There is a lot of action. There's a lot of space battles. And, um, I just want to throw this out there. I don't want to talk about like the weird side story behind the gate with the little kids and the the alien dogs because it's hard to talk about it without spoiling future stuff. I just want to give them credit for the depiction of the revived kid, the the kid, the little brother that died, that the dogs revived. It had some real pet cemetery vibes going on. I loved it. I can't talk about it more than that. I just want to give them credit for that. I loved that shit. I loved that. They took him to the parents with his black eyes. I want a hug too. (laughs) I fucking I just love wanna, that. You know, I want
1: to give credit to the parents for not being generic fucking story parents. Oh yeah, in Hollywood, they're just like, "Come to me, Charlie." We accept It's like you. that guy took a
0: knife. He's like, "Fuck no, that ain't Zon, kid." Everyone, stand back. I'm gonna cut him. <laughs> I, I, without saying anything about what it means and what it is, I fucking loved all that shit. But back to the Marco and Aris war. This is where things get kind of interesting. So the 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 defense plan becomes we're going to basically drop ship a bunch of space marines onto these railgun gun platforms to sabotage them. I really liked the way they depicted this. I think this yeah. was some of the best special effects they've done since season four. It definitely
1: was. It reminded me of like... ODSTs just mm-hmm. getting dropped into the shit from the Halo universe. <laughs> just like <laughs> dropping onto a railgun platform. It was dope as fuck.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. And, uh, even
1: though the action I'd say on the platform itself was pretty generic and mm-hmm. not that great. The, the concept in itself was super dope to see played
0: out. Yeah. And, uh, what ends up happening here is they find out like that whole, uh, alien ghosts living in the gate shit that we get breadcrumbed in episode two becomes the pivotal factor of the season. They find out that they can trigger these aliens to, to bring, we aren't in this show, in this season. We're not clear on what's happening when these quote unquote, alien ghosts come and take a ship into a different dimension through the gate. We don't know what's happening, but, but they find out they can trigger it and they use that to take down Marco and ship. And I have to say that the effects that they used when they triggered that and they show him like fading into like red dust as the, the alien ghosts take him into the other dimension. Oh man, I loved that. that well, they did that.
1: They did that in season five too. They had that same special effect. Did they? Yeah, that's what happened to that fucking Mars captain with his ship. Did they show it like that, though? Like the yeah, way they framed like it that. and everything? Yep. Wow, yep. I don't
0: even remember that. Well, I'll remember give them credit the for that.
1: Remember the shitty captain with his fucking zealot uh, lieutenant girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those two. They yeah. had that happen to him.
0: Well, I'll give him credit for keeping that effect then. I, l- I really like that effect. And it was dramatic within the storyline because. We see, I mean, first of all, it's cathartic because I'm so done with Marco Inaris. I'm so pissed that he just like destroyed the last two seasons of this show. Seeing him die like that was very cathartic. Yeah, for sure. And Philip being there with him, I thought was like, they could have, they could have, you know, been like, oh, we're going to do like this father and the son together going through. But instead, they have him escape. I I liked it, but at the same time, I just wonder, like, why are you doing that?
1: Because he's going to be the
0: next Marco Inaros. See, but I, the good
1: one, <laughs> but the good one that likes his mommy, not his daddy. I would,
0: I would have, <laughs> I would have rather Philip died and Marco escaped personally. Even though I hate Marco Inaros, <laughs> Philip kind of pisses me off more. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, his character just really doesn't make sense, to be honest. Like, the way he, like, deals with his drama and stuff, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to shoot my best friend that I served in war with Mm -hmm. when I'm, because I'm drunk.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, we didn't even talk about that. That was super cringy.
1: It was just so, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's that's how it ends. It ends with Marco Inaris dying. It ends with Philip escaping in the nick of time. Who knows what he's gonna do? Blah blah blah. And uh, the black-eyed children shall rule the other side of the gate. Now with uh, who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen, broadcaster? But I'm pretty sure we'll never see on the silver screen. We will. We will.
1: I have I have faith. Okay. Jeff Bezos is going to start his own video production company and take Expanse back and Stargate. <laughs> oh my and, God. Dude, could you imagine a stronger?
0: Nice throw in. I like that. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that's, that's season six. Uh, it, it I think it was better than Season 5, personally, but I didn't think it was a lot better than Season 5. It was just a little bit better, in my opinion. Where, where are you at on it?
1: Uh, I don't know if it's better than Season 5. I think it's worse than Season 5. Wow, yeah, really? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty confident it's worse than Season 5. Damn. I mean, it did have one good episode of Action, but it's just like... 14. The idea that this the season in itself just doesn't need to exist at least season five you can spin something off of that the real the only real tragic thing about season five to me was Alex dying that was the unreversible thing, and then they had to spin a whole bunch of bullshit from that mm-hmm. so yeah, and by ex- the way,
0: I forgot to to mention this, but they totally at the end, they totally position Bobby to be his replacement as the pilot. Of course. In the last women. episode, they do, like, even though they have Holden piloting through the season, in the final episode, when they do, like, the send-off, where it shows them all on the bridge on, like, their, the adventure continues part, where they're gonna go off into space, and to be continued, never. They show Bobby in the pilot seat, and I'm just like, man, that is so bad also we didn't talk about the uh, the ye old bait and switch at the end with uh, Holden becoming (laughs) the camp counselor and then like doing a fucking backstab on Avasarala what you think about that oh yeah (laughs) it reminded me of a Simpsons episode uh, with uh um Homer's grand or Homer's dad, the grandpa from Simpsons. There was an episode <laughs> where he becomes like the the president of like the bus union or something where they basically do the same thing where he like he's like I'm the president but I'm stepping down and this is the president type thing is I don't know, man. What do you think about that?
1: <laughs> uh I mean it's gonna- I thought that whole thing was dumb. Mm-hmm. He just brings it up and he's just, uh, and then Adam Zorala just looks at him and is like, well, what if we make, uh, what'd she say? A separate group.
0: hmm <laughs> All that <laughs> stuff. By it's an like, independent person that's yeah. a hero to all. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh. <laughs> Kuckening continues. This stuff just, it
1: doesn't write itself. No. It, 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 it It dies on the operating floor.
0: I think it cements the Holden character as a beta. It really kind of cements him into his form, his season five, season six form. He's a little backstabbing bitch who betrays his friends, thinks he's better than everyone else, and... Almost doomed the solar system because he didn't want to anger his girlfriend.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's like they're all their characters have n- none of the resolve they had from previous seasons. It's like they all just kind of suck now that Alex is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems super weird.
0: <clears throat> it is broadcaster. And uh, as you know, here on the Crack Seller podcast, we have a official Patented Ghostbusters rating system.
1: Oh, we were going with Anthony Fauci's system.
0: <laughs> Maybe in season four, broadcaster. On that, s- <laughs> on that system, broadcaster. <laughs> what do you rate season six of The Expanse?
1: You go first. <laughs>
0: fucking 60 episodes the first time you've ever said that or done that (laughs) I find that hilarious (laughs) alright I'll give it a Vigo I'll go first fuck it it's a Vigo it's a it's it's poor as fuck it's a weak Vigo I honestly if it weren't for episode 2 it'd be getting a Slimer from me but I think episode 2 was good enough where it just kind of Barely got it into Vigo territory for me personally. What
1: say you? I, I'm going to give it a Slimer. Yep. Because this thing is not even Slimer. It's the nasty <laughs> slime trail that Slimer leaves. It's, the, it's, it's the
0: turd that Slimer yeah. left. <laughs> you know, it,
1: it's like naming your kid, like, Gunther or something <laughs> like that. It, it's... <laughs> It's not a good look. (laughs) It's bad stuff. Season six was unnecessary, like I said many times. All the characters, like I said a couple times, lost all their resolve. They just didn't make sense compared to their previous iterations from other seasons. They clearly only had six episodes because they didn't actually want to touch on any of the stuff that was, well, I don't know. Made the series interesting, like the uh, the proto molecule, ju- making it just a side B storyline because they knew it was too complicated and it was going to require too much budget and they weren't going to make another season, so they just teased it. I guess they wasted, they still wasted money on it for some reason, just bad decisions overall, all around. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Avar like you brought up just doesn't seem to even make sense at this point. She was like battling.
0: She's become a character. Yeah, exactly. It was like a parody
1: of the character in itself. Now Mm. her walking around with the like outfits and the hairdos, every scene, it was just (laughs) like, God, like how much money is this chick paid? (laughs) And all this, it, it was just, it was, it seemed like a wacky shell of a season to me. Like it, it's a sh- In hindsight, if the series ever gets picked back up, it's really going to look like a scar, I think, yep. on the whole IP.
0: The IP. This is definitely not a billion-dollar IP.
1: No, Clippy and... B is in the cave. He's hiding in the shadows. He's
0: <laughs> with... consulting
1: the great crack rock as we speak.
0: <laughs> and with that, we'll close out. Do you notice the special effects budget went down again in the season by the way yeah it's like jeff bezos is like that proto-molecule ship gets blurrier and blurrier it (laughs) It does man (laughs) Uh, it's so weird you look at it it's just like i think bezos was like nah your last season sucked we're cutting your budget by 50 percent